Hi there and welcome. You're listening to Animals and Us, Voices of a New Paradigm. My name is Avantika and I'm a researcher exploring animal consciousness, environmental sustainability, and planetary health. I want to help bring animal perspectives to the table and transform our relationship with the natural world. And I'm Barbara. I'm an animal communicator and retired veterinarian. My true passion is exploring the hearts and souls of animals and helping people come to a much deeper understanding of who the animals truly are at their core. This podcast is for anyone who loves animals and nature and has an interest in their own personal and spiritual development. We'll bring you powerful conversations with fascinating people about animal and nature sentience, consciousness, and communication. Thank you so much for joining us on this journey of love, respect, understanding, and care for the fellow beings who share our beautiful Mother Earth with us. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Animals and Us, Voices of a New Paradigm. We are so excited to introduce a wonderful, fabulous woman named Catherine Nyquist. And Catherine was born in Norway. And in 2012, she moved to South Africa. And with her partner, Lizanne, they created a whole sanctuary for big cats called Panthera Africa. I met Catherine when she spoke on a summit online, and I was so excited to meet her because she's a woman of my own heart. And I learned that with the big cats that they have at the sanctuary, they regularly communicate with them telepathically to find out what the animals really need and how they're feeling and what they're thinking. And to me, this is thrilling. And so I connected with Catherine, and here we are. And she is a compassionate, beautiful, conscious woman who has dedicated her life to rescuing abused animals. So welcome, Catherine. Thank you so, so much. Would you tell us just a little bit about your background and how you got to Africa and to Panthera? Yes, so thank you first of all for inviting me on your great uh, podcast and also for your heartfelt welcome. Um, so yeah, my journey, so as you know and heard, I come from Norway and I used to be in commercial real estate. Uh, that was kind of my, my background and then uh, I was in between two jobs and wanted to, to kind of do do something different to make a difference. And so I ended up volunteering in South Africa. Uh, and this was back in 2011. And I had seen these beautiful lion cub photos. And the message was like, they have been abandoned by their mothers, come and help them. And so I was like, oh, this is beautiful. I can do something good. I can give money to a good cause. So I went there for two weeks and uh, two weeks was all that was needed for, for my heart to fall in love with both South Africa as a country, but also, of course, the animals and the people. Um, and so I ended up returning many times and there were 
yeah, in particular, four or five actually beautiful small lions that uh, really, really pulled on my heartstrings, and uh, and it ended up actually me, um, yeah, taking uh, eight months leave from my my work to figure out what is kind of this whole feeling inside of me, and uh, uh, yeah, and now ten years later, here I am, <laughs> still in South Africa, and uh, still with these animals. Wow, that's amazing. Um, I'm so curious to know more about the sanctuary and kind of how your journey led you there in opening Panthera Africa. What was what was behind that? So the, actually, the, I feel my journey is very connected to these five lions. Um, and uh, I think I had been there for maybe three months. Um, and suddenly one day, four of those five lions were sent away. Um, and then my questions was like, but like, aren't they yours? No, we're just raising them for someone else. And I was like, but where, who are, like, where are they going? Well, they're going to a breeding facility. And I was like, what's a breeding facility? And then so all these questions started and I was like, what is really going on here? And so my partner, now wife, uh, so at the moment or at the time we were just friends and, uh, uh, and between her and myself, we then managed to get ourselves into that facility that these four lines were sent to. Uh, and I feel that is that day that we went to that facility is the... Yeah, it's the kind of the deciding factor in my life. Like I, I feel that it's a massive kind of shift um, because suddenly I was faced with the reality of what is actually happening in the line industry in South Africa. Um, I, I describe it like as a concentration camp for for animals. You see animals stacked together. There is minimal of space. You see them. You feel them like they're despair and they are only there for breeding, for making money, and there are totally like there's so many animals that were inbred, so they had deformities um, because they like the breeders. They don't care whether it's a father, daughter, brother, sister. Like there's no genetics in this, so there's a huge, huge welfare issue in this uh, thing. So. Um, I remember came there and uh, yeah, I was met by lots of animals that were not happy. And then I looked to my my side and suddenly I see these four lions looking at me with these big eyes and were just like help, like those all I felt. And yeah, still to this day, like I am, I've never like you feel so hopeless. Like what can you actually do? So what I did was that. Uh, uh, I went to my white knight, his name is Oliver, uh, and I said, one day I will come and fetch you. And uh, at the time, I was still working in Norway, I had no plans of being in South Africa. But um, then uh, that kind of two years later, uh, myself and uh, Lazan, we we actually went to, to fetch him. And uh, and uh, that was the start of Pantera Africa to, um, yeah, to... To give a place of love, respect, and honor of these incredible animals, and also be an educational platform where people can actually understand that whether you are a tourist and wanting to come and take a photo of a lion or a cheetah or whatever animal it is, or if you are a volunteer thinking that you are contributing to something. Um, like they cover it with conservation or that this is for genetics or release or whatever they use and uh, 
like to to really speak the truth and speak the voice of the lions uh, and other big cats. So um, so that was kind of the 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 start of this uh, this journey. Wow, that sounds heartbreaking. You know, I can't I can't mm-hmm. imagine being in in your shoes and seeing that firsthand. Like it's mm-hmm. one thing to hear about it, you know, on the news or through media. But to actually be there in person and to see that happen, it, mm-hmm. it sounds heartbreaking just, just listening to you describe it. So, I mean, that was a big, big step for you. That was a big decision for you to mm-hmm. leave behind this, um, what sounds like probably a really comfortable life and yeah. to take on this brand new chapter of your life. So, like, to, like I'm so curious to know, you know, how how you knew that this was the path that you wanted to take and and Mm. that like that conviction where did it come from you know because it probably took a lot of courage to step away from from that life and and start something totally new yeah it's a it's a beautiful question and um uh, I need to actually like if I backtrack a little because there's one when you say this and ask me this question there's like one particular moment that stands out for me and it was during my volunteering uh, before I hadn't sort of Pantera Africa hadn't sort of anything but I had been working a whole day like by the lions and like done all sorts of work all the other volunteers had gone back home and then I was like alone because I spent as much time as I could by the animals. And then I walked home by myself on this like African dirt road. Like it's like in a movie. It's like you can think about the most perfect sunset. Like the there were colors of the like it was everywhere on the sky. And I was walking and I was so calm and like I was filled with this incredible feeling. And then like. I, it was so clear, but it was like a voice that whispered to me, one day you and Lausanne will open a lion sanctuary. And, I just got goosebumps. <laughs> me yeah, too. Yeah. And actually me too. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and like I, I, it was so clear that I actually turned around to see, like I felt there was like someone there talking to me. Like now after like now that the years have gone by and I understand more about the soul and your heart and your spirit that it was actually my own heart uh, telling me like this is this is what you're going to do so because I'm also like I'm known as Tinkerbell on uh, on the farm so I'm a very much like I love to uh, dream and envision and I get all these crazy ideas and like I remember I was like this is an amazing idea <laughs> and uh, Lazan she like she has had 10-15 years of animal um, experience and I have business experience so I thought okay this is a fantastic partnership um, and then fast forward and then when all these things started to happen with the animals and what actually like I felt they were my children and I also felt like they I was like one of the reasons why they actually were in this industry because I had contributed to all of this so when you add that kind of that uh, idea and that spark like that was laying like a seed kind of growing in me um, and then having to leave your uh, your alliance if I can call them mine like yeah, it's not mine, but like they're my 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 best friends, and um, 
I think that I felt like there, like this is enough, like something needs to be done. And for me, like it wasn't actually, it's probably one of the easiest choices I've made. I know it sounds strange, but I knew it so deep in my soul that this is something I just have to do. And I was like, if it doesn't work, well, then I'll go back and I'll get the job right home. Like, it doesn't really matter. And and so I think, like, I know now, so it's easier now to, to, to look back and know that my heart and my mind and everything was aligned. But at the time, it was such a, uh, like, a drive and a passion in me that I needed to save these lions that I felt responsible for um in this industry and it wasn't just these four animals there yeah there are many other animals as well some that we have managed to to rescue and others that unfortunately has um uh, died in the industry so so it's like um yeah it's been uh, uh so when you ask like the what made you do this it's a combination of your soul speaking to me and also having this massive love for them and also feeling that I like enough is enough and something needs to be done. Wow. Well, that really speaks to, you know, what can happen when we just listen and stop and pay attention to, like you said, what our soul or what our higher self is trying to tell us. Um, and when the time is right for you to do it. So, I mean, we're, we're so happy to hear that you acted on that. And obviously you've never looked back since, and you're probably so happy with that decision. And now I know that your experience with Panthera and one of the values that you have is communicating with animals and actually tuning in to exchange thoughts and feelings and emotions with them and really getting a good understanding of what it is that they need from you. So if you can tell us more about that, like how did your journey with actually communicating with them start and how did that impact the work that you were doing? Yeah, so um, the first time we heard even, like I had never heard about animal communication, like it was totally something that was new to me. And so the one, the first time we heard about it was actually related to my partner's Lizanne's, um, I call her like he, her, her king, uh, Neptune, who's the king of Panthera Africa. Uh, so, but that's kind of her experience, but like my first experience that I really felt in my heart was with Oliver, my white knight. So remember, like I mentioned that I made him a promise. Um, and, um, so upon, we found him, we managed to, to get him to Panthera Africa. He had arrived here. And so we had the animal communicator coming here because at the time we had, like, I didn't know how to practice, but I've heard about this. So we wanted to make sure are our animals now happy here. They've been here for two weeks. Is there anything they need? And like, kind of, we were like, what, what, what can we do? And then uh, we had a lady that uh, she walked around and spoke to all the animals. And then she came back in to give us feedback. And then she was like, yeah, so, but there's one thing I, I like, I don't know if this means anything to you, Catherine, but uh, uh, Oliver just says, thank you for keeping your promise. Wow. Uh, and still to this day, it's like, it hits me at the core of my heart and uh, 
like that for me was such like how is it possible like I said it to a lion like two years ago and um and intuitively too yeah exactly and uh and so that was like my okay I really need to understand more about this and how we can assist how we can understand them and so that was kind of the first massive uh, uh, experience for me. And then we took uh, uh, animal communication course, Lausanne and myself. And then just like there were three different people suddenly like showing up on our doorstep, like it's like divine intervention. And, uh, and, uh, and so we started to practice it ourselves. And what we saw is the tremendous effect it has on the animal's welfare. So from like I like to always bring it back to the human experience for us to really understand. But first of all, you can think of if you never heard and you never understood, like how extremely desperate and frustrated and like like it, it is uh, for me at least like I still even though I speak uh, speak I still get misunderstood and uh, and not uh, like the and that brings a, a, a lot of like emotions up so I can just imagine go, like going a whole life in captivity and never have your voice heard um so that's the one aspect the other aspect is of course uh for for them to also express themselves like so uh, a lot of uh, like captive places they say yeah oh, this is a lion this is a leopard this is a cheetah for us it's like no this is Obi he is the one we call the wise one the reason is that his wisdom carries such profound like guidance every time he speaks like is an example so for me it's like it's them individually. You get to know them as an individual being, the same as we three here. We're all ladies, we're all humans, but we are very different and we have a different story. So that's the one aspect. And the third aspect is also how to assist them in their own journey of healing. Because all these animals have been through a lot of trauma uh, all of them has been taken away from their mothers at only days old. Uh, they have been um, like suffering in a lot of different situations. So we have animals that has been bred for for the bone trade. Like many people don't know about it, but it's like um, so. It's basically they are just bred to to die to be able to get their bones. So it's like a total lack of animal welfare. We have from captive households we have from circus we have from uh petting like 100 people a day touching these animals so yeah so there's a lot of trauma in these uh, animals and so through the animal communication we are then also able to layer for layer uh, be able to address all the different things that also for them are issues that are severely affecting their welfare um, so yeah, so um, animal communication, I say it's the, one of the most important things we do for the for the welfare of our animals. That's uh, yeah, that sounds like such an important and integral component of the work that you're trying to do. And it also sounds like animal communication would be sort of the way that you can connect spiritually as well with these animals because they're going through their own spiritual journeys as are we and this is a way to really 
do this work together. And so I'm wondering if animal communication was like a gateway into your own spiritual journey at all and what you have learned or taken from this whole process for yourself. So a simple answer is yes. Uh, a massive, massive, massive uh, gateway for me. So the like what I'm learning more and more is that these animals, they are here also to assist us uh, on our journey of awakening or ascension or whatever you want to call our, our growth as a soul. And it is beyond incredible, like the the guidance that they can give us. So I talk to, like communicate with them from anything that it can be work related. So whether I'm going into a meeting with, say, a, a, a man that is pro hunting, and then I need to come in there and then I need to meet him on a communal ground. So then I spoke to, to one of the lions and like, okay, what is the best angle? to connect with this gentleman in order to have a balanced conversation, yet also manage to kind of uh, speak his language so he understands uh, my perspective, if that makes sense, yeah. So that's an example. It can be with staff, it can be with my partner, it can be with family, or it can even be with me. So, um, for example, if I um, if there are things that... Uh, uh, I'm doing whether it is with crystals or healing work or whether it is for, for my own uh, healing within my own trauma. They are absolutely incredible. Like they have done um, meditative journeys with me. So they manage to safely, so I feel safe and they bring me back to memory so I can remember and go back there and heal that memory and get perspective of a situation and so then rise in a total different awareness when I, I'm here in like my 42 year old body so instead of kind of your 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 young child in the child is is traumatized so and yeah this is like one aspect I can go on this is like my favorite actually my favorite thing about the animal communication is this aspect of um understanding the oneness and connectedness of all life of everything that is happening whether it is with them or other animals on the other side of the earth or like whatever it is it is um it's basically uh the road to finding yourself and finding your heart who are you uh and kind of align with your authentic self basically yeah and awaken your heart like they're all about love the only thing they they is just love 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 that's all it is and they like yeah they teach you about forgiveness they teach you about like okay maybe do you think that they could have had a different perspective or do you really think they were in there to hurt you like we humans we make all these stories and uh, and they are like okay, there is not just two stories. There are a million perspectives. So um, kind of get out of your ego <laughs> and kind of step out and take an ego perspective on the situation and you will see it's actually everything is okay. And then it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, maybe I was wrong. So yeah, it's amazing. 
Catherine, I love what you've said. It's so beautiful. And I've got a question about when you speak with a lion about going into a meeting with someone, for instance, yeah. each of them have their own individual um, souls and temperaments, personalities. So do you choose carefully which lion you're going to speak to about a particular issue? So, um, yeah, I, I, yes, I do. Um, so I have, uh, for example, so I have a black, we, or we, we have a beautiful black leopard. Um, so she's often to do with, uh, like, um, to always kind of, if you are in a situation that you feel overwhelmed, like there's too much emotions, I'm like, I can't see like uh, like where to go, what to do. And she's like, Catherine, just breathe. Okay, is this your fault? And I'm like, no. Have you done anything wrong? I was like, no. Have you explained the situation? Yes. She's like, then why are you so, it's nothing to do with you. It's their things. And I'm like, oh. And she's like, life is too here to enjoy. And then she kind of turns the whole situation around. So that's like her her speciality. And then if I have family things, I have Obi Oli. And if I have friends, yeah. So they're, they're all their different things. But also what I would like to say, which I feel is important, is that I very often also, I don't direct to one specific, but I go into meditation and then I ask for what is the best guidance for me. So I ask like whoever wants to step in and give me guidance. And suddenly, they like it's unexpected which of the animals comes in or whatever other spirit guide that comes in to help. So when you do that, um, I know that probably you speak with group consciousness, the group consciousness of lion or leopard or whatever. Um, and then sometimes it sounds like there are individuals that step up for a particular purpose. Is that how it works? Yeah, I would say that um, very, like, I, now I'm going to be very open and honest. So often when I chat, so I call it channeling information. So whether it is to assist me on my journey or whether it is whatever other wisdom comes down to me, there's very often I don't actually know who I get the information from. So like you said, it's like a, a consciousness of um, whether it is like people talk to angels or spirit or the creator, whatever you want to to, to uh, address. But very often there, like because I am very blessed to have known a lot of big cats um, and many of them are in heaven at the moment and also some are in the physical, uh, very often they step in as, uh, as my guides. And... Uh, uh, and also, interestingly, when you ask this question, is that they also open up for me, so they kind of become a gateway for me to also channel information that I, on my own, actually wouldn't be able to, uh, because of the vibration of the, uh, like, they hold such a pure and high vibration that they actually open up for me to be able to receive messages through them and via them. Wow. And, and to be honest, too, I have um, had a guide, I consider a guide that is a particular lion, 
his name is Aslan, like in the, in the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. But he's a very, very high being. And what I've come to is that he's not just, he's, he's, not, he's not in body at this point. But what I've come to is that he is an archetype. There's an archetypal lion energy that we can connect with that's very, very powerful and beautiful and loving. And, and I wonder if that's just part of what you're talking about, too. Yeah, and uh, I happen to have met this Aslan uh, one time, and uh, and so I know him uh, very well, both in like the spirit form and uh, and uh, and like you say, they they are such divine beings, and like you say, archetypal. They they hold such uh, a profound uh, essence in them that they uh, like. I agree with you that it's. Um, uh, they are just a kind of a representation of this consciousness uh, that you that you refer to. Hmm. And how would you describe that that particular conscious, say, lion archetypal energy or lion consciousness? What do you think are the characteristics of that energy? Um, so the first thing that comes to me is divinity. Like it is so pure so um like close to whether you like i people call whether you call it god or the creator or the divine or whatever name uh people have for it, it like it is so close to um the i am if that makes sense like the the essence of all life yeah that I think is the best description I can have. It is such a pure, like unconditional love. It is um, like what I feel is like with that uh, energy within you, you stand in absolute integrity. You stand in absolute divine truth. You stand in your authentic self. Like they connect you with your true essence. Um, and most of all, they open your heart to the most incredible love that there is, I think, that there is possible. Like, uh, it is just this, um, yeah, like a cosmic heart that beats in them that they allow you to feel in you. Yes. Yes. And my sense, too, is that there's, it's no mistake that they're considered the king of beasts. Because from my perspective, what I've seen is they, they hold this energy of leadership. And it's like all the other beings are under their authority almost, under their guardianship. And um, yeah, that's, that's my sense too. No, it's such yeah. a profound, like, um, so my nickname, uh, like I it's like Catherine Lionheart, and I feel it. Like I feel that my my the leader within me, who I am, and the leader that I want the world to see, like being all of you, speaking truth, daring to um, to kind of follow your dreams and do what you're meant to be doing, and daring to. So for me, it's like I'm grown up in a very conservative family in Norway and like it was husband, kids and marriage and like the, that life. And suddenly I'm in Africa with with a, I've married a lady and I have lions and <laughs> like very different. And uh, 
uh, it's like uh, you become uh, when you dare to step into that lion-heartedness, that leadership of a lion. You dare to to be that brave person, the, and you dare to speak that truth and stand in absolute integrity um, that they so beautifully do. Yes, that's so beautiful. And I have a question for you now that we're on a roll here. Um, you know, lions are, and the big cats, they can be ferocious predators. And I know that lions, you know, when there's a male lion that takes over a pride, he can kill the babies. I mean, that's part of what they do to establish their own reign, their own territory. Have you had any um, conversations with the lions or interactions where you have come to some understanding about how they can be these loving, compassionate, wise beings, while at the same time, they can be quite aggressive and, and, um, and killers. How, how do you reconcile that? So I haven't spoken to anyone about exactly that topic. Um, however, how I see it is that um, we as humans, we see it as something horrible. Yeah, so how can a father or how can a male kill other young lions uh, who are not his children and then start to then impregnate the other ladies, for example? So we see this as horrible. They see this as a divine uh, a need in order for their genetics and their survival that the best uh, lions, if I can call it that, grows further. So, uh, if, I don't know if I explain that uh, easily, but so basically they know by intuition, they know that um, what is needed of elimination. So they are, like we humans, we, we walk around the bush and we never come to the point because we're scared to hurt this feeling and this feeling. We can't tell the truth. Like They are like, this needs to be done because this is for the greater good. And so saying that it is um, older, like they, like if you see in nature, they only kill out the older and the, the youngsters or someone that is kind of not able to run away from them. So they know how to do this balance. And if you see, for example, like when a lion is uh, full and they're not hungry, all the like the animals, the, they can walk quite close to them because they know that they like they don't kill just to kill. They only kill when they are hungry or if there is a elimination that is needed. So I have learned that um, we humans we tend to bring our own emotions to different situations. And for them, they are like you taking your personal perspective and putting it into a situation. Yet we, there are higher perspectives and bigger aspects of what is going on that we actually are not able to, to see the full picture. Thank you. That's a great answer. Thank you. And I think a lot of people will understand lions a little better and some of the other predators from what you've said. Yeah, so I have examples uh, of uh, this typical thing that people do on many of our animals. So, for example, 
we have our black leopard Pardes. So she used to live together with another leopard. And uh, very tragically, he passed away for, um, it was a veterinarian mistake that happened. So he passed away. And then, so she ended up alone. And then, of course, first instinct as, as humans is like, oh my God, she's now alone. And she must be very lonely. Yeah. And then, so, of course, she was in the beginning. She went through grief, like all our, like we humans also do. However, after a while, she, you could see that she was uh, getting happier and was kind of going back to her happy self. And then we got the opportunity to uh, rescue uh, a little leopard. Uh, and it was a male. So we thought, oh, wow, this is a fantastic opportunity. Then now she can get her friend. And then, like, then she has another. She doesn't need to be alone. And there was something inside Lizanne and myself. We're like, okay, let's let's ask her what she wants to. And so Lizanne, separately from me, and also we asked the third person, all of us, to ask Pardis, do you want this leopard to become your friend? And all of us got the same answer. No, I don't. I have had my physical friend. He is still with me in spirit but I am happy by myself. And so this taught me so much again about like, we think of, oh my God, if I end up alone and I don't have my uh, like partner or whatever it might be, then like that, that is like a lonely life. But again, the, like they have such a different perspective. And so we're learning to, to take away our humanness when we speak a uh, commune with the animals and so to rather listen to what their perspective is and i have many stories like this yes yes we tend to assume we know things that we have no clue about and so that's a really good example of how animal communication can help with your rescue work right mm -hmm. um, yes. because if you can get information from uh, an individual animal about that what they really need and want then you know how to how to make their lives better is there any other way that you can see that animal communication helps with rescue work or animal welfare and conservation Absolutely. So anyone that um, does rescue work is, for me, this is such an important aspect of it. And again, I bring it back to the humanness. So imagine if you are home and then suddenly I come and I put you in a car and I drive you 10 hours. We get to the airport. I put you in a plane. You have no idea who I am, where you're going, what on earth is happening. You get off this plane, there's another person fetching you, you're going into a home and suddenly you're sitting in a room. And now what? So imagine that. Or that prior to me coming to fetch you, I tell you, hello, my name is Catherine and I am here to give you a better life. But before you get there, I'm going to first, you're going to go into this crate or like this little travel thing. And then you're going to drive fast. You're going to like, so we just like do describe every single emotion of the journey. 
And then when you end, like when you get to the place, you're going to have this and this is going to meet you. This is what your place is going to look like. And imagine that feeling. Like it is such a massive difference because suddenly they know where they're going. They understand what's going on. They they are they don't need to be as scared and and suddenly you have a total different experience for them and that's how the rescue starts and then of course immediately as they get there like even before they get there you can through animal communication you can actually introduce like the people that's going to take care of them you can uh, show them the place that they're going to be in you can talk about the intention of why they are going where they're going, what they're going to be a part of, and and further and further and further. And of course, like then when they settle in, like there's such a difference in animals. So we've had animals that have been completely shut down because they've had experiences beyond what any being should experience. And uh, it takes months and months and months for them to trust you. But then you you connect through the heart. So sometimes you don't even talk. You just share love. That's all you do. You just sit there and share love. And you put them in uh, like, a, I call it like a, a circle of love. I even write their names in hearts and put the crystals around it just to kind of do as much as we can. We even put crystals in their enclosures, around their enclosures, in their drinking water. Like there's a lots of things that you can uh, help them to to kind of get over that trauma of uh, a rescue. And then as they settle in, you can uh, connect with them little by little by little. And then they start to lower their guard. And that's when the heart opens up. And that's when this magic happens. Mm. Yeah. So there probably will be people out there listening who do rescue work. Um, or some kind of animal welfare work. Is there anything you, any advice you could, uh, they probably don't know about animal communication or haven't studied it. Are there some really simple things people could do um, to help in these situations? Yeah, so first of all, there are, um, first of all, you can connect with us uh, at PantheraAfrica.com. We have fantastic people that we work with that can assist you with um, with this communication. Uh, and then can also, that you in your area, also then figure out uh, who you can learn this from. Because this is something that any person can do. It's nothing special. It's basically just remembering to connect to your heart instead of your mind so and i always say all people that work with animals already do this they're just not aware that they're doing it so so it's just the kind of the awareness aspect of it um and then of course like the easy thing that i the easiest not the easy but the easiest thing is to Maybe if you people have done meditation, I don't know, but like if you manage to breathe and to calm yourself and then feel into your heart and then say, if you have a question for, say it's a dog or a cat or whatever animal it is. And if you have a question, just ask this question and hold that question in your mind and then just wait for what comes. And I always have a pen and paper. And then I write 
everything that comes of ideas and thoughts and feelings. And it's kind of a start to to just tap into to it. But I really recommend to do animal communication course and to just the easy steps. And then it's like riding a bike. You need to practice. You need to uh, get into this way of thinking and being. Um, and as you do that, everything comes, um, yeah, then, then the channel is open. Great. That's really helpful. So I have one more question for you. And that is, um, do you, are, is there a particular message or something really important that the animals that you've spoken with want to relay, relay to humanity? Is there a message for all of us? Sure. Uh, there are many, I would say. Um, if there's one message I feel is there um communal like where everything kind of boils down to it is to love yourself to learn to love yourself because like when you manage to have self-love and to love and respect yourself that is also where then compassion comes for others for other situation it's you manage to find your place of safety you manage to forgive you manage to, um, yeah, to actually open up to the wonders of this world. Because if you have love in your heart, you also dare to look for love. But if you don't have love in your heart, you look for like then everything is covered in this fear and all of the other things. So, so if there's one message, I would say that it's uh, love and self-love to work on that. Um, because then everything else kind of falls in line. But it's the most difficult part <laughs> to do. So, so self-love comes kind of after you've done a lot of other work. But uh, but that is kind of the, the, I would say, that when you find that uh, love in your heart, then, uh, then the world uh, opens up to the magic there is. That's so beautiful, Catherine. Thank you so much. And And you're quite right that, it's so important, but it's it also seems to be so challenging, you know, and it's it's kind of unfortunate that's that it's so challenging. And I think that the animals can help us with that. They can help us learn how to do that. So you've shared with us one of the messages that the animals have for us. Is there anything that anything else that you want to share? Anything that's important to you? Anything that's in your heart that you want to share with our audience about? your journey or the work that you're doing or any other messages that you feel are important to share? I feel that um, if there's one thing I always uh, want to inspire people and show people is that if you dare to listen to your heart um, and if you dare to like this so often everyone that I know is like they have this dream like oh, I would love to open a, a bed and breakfast or I would love to to move to Brazil or whatever it is and and then immediately there comes like 10 reasons why you shouldn't yeah that's how we are it's like no no but I can't blah, 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 blah. and then I so what I always say is that what is your what makes like what sets your heart on fire like i have my phrase is like what makes your heart sing and if you give yourself maybe 10 minutes say 10 minutes each day or even once a month or even if it's just once a year and like you write down on a piece of paper 
all the things that like how do i make this happen okay i need to learn so say if you want to go to south africa and open the lion sanctuary okay what what do i need okay i need uh, money to do this okay how do i get money okay then i need to take a loan okay how do i get the loan okay i have an apartment okay then so i start there and then it's like oh but i need this and this and so you dare to allow your dream to grow and that is one of the most important things that I feel that we humans tend to, we, we put up all our barriers because like it's better to be safe because at least I have my life, it's my comfort zone and it's scary to go there because you have no idea what's waiting for you. Maybe you like, maybe you won't make it and that's like, um, you feel like it's a, a, oh, I'm not good enough. Like we very quickly to say, oh, this didn't work, so I'm not good enough. I often feel, and this is my, now I'm very open and speaking from my heart, we are also very scared of our success. We are scared of what if actually this happens? What then? And then it's like, oh my God, like, then this whole new world opens. It's like, oh my God, no, I don't know how to handle this. So then it's more safe to go back. So yeah, long, long answer. But uh, I feel that if we dare to dream and we water this dream, allow ourselves to, to, to like color it with all different, like I like to say the rainbow colors, like just go crazy and allow this beautiful thing to happen and see where it takes you. So beautiful. Thank you, Catherine. And how can people find you? What's what's the best way? Yeah, so we have a website. So it's uh, pantheraafrica.com. Um, and we also are on Facebook and on Instagram. We are on YouTube. We're even on TikTok, like all these things. I'm very happy I don't do all these things. But, uh, uh, but Facebook and Instagram are like our biggest platforms. Um, and we have all sorts of people can come and visit as tourists. They can come and volunteer. You can be a, a, a doctor of an animal. And like there's many ways of getting involved. So, so yeah, that's just to, to make contact. Wonderful. And you're also on Twitter. I, re I noticed that yesterday. <laughs> so it's so nice that you're putting out there all the amazing work that you're doing. I follow you guys on Instagram and it's always so nice to see these updates and see what the animals are doing and so it's really nice that you're sharing that with other people so anyone around the world can participate whether they can come in person or not but they can at least be part of what you're doing so thank you so much Catherine I mean I've I've learned so much and you've reaffirmed so many things for me in this in this conversation and I really hope that people can one of the things that people can take away from this conversation is is seeing the animals as spiritual beings, just as we may see ourselves as spiritual beings who are on this journey. And now I think nowadays, you know, topics like mindfulness and meditation and using crystals, doing healing work, working on trauma, all of these things have, I feel, become a little more normalized and people are talking about this within the human context but I hope that people can see that all of these things also apply to the animals as well. And just, just like we're on our own spiritual journeys, they are as well. And that if we allow ourselves to learn and to listen and to pay attention, they can really assist us in our journeys too. So thank you. That's 
I've taken away so much and I hope people who are listening can at least walk away with a few things that they can start doing, you know, right now, right away. Yeah, and it's kind of now coming to me what I could also kind of said, but it's like if we look at how we humans manage our world uh, and you see the chaos, the unbalance, the disharmony, like there's nothing what is like there's there's no um harmony at all and then you go to mother nature where you like the so-called beasts and these animals that are killing and being so like uh, brutal and all of this but they are keeping the balance and this is kind of the lesson to us humans is that we are not managing to eliminate whether it is our own emotions like on the inside that we are not eliminating our own stuff if I can call it that uh, that needs to be let go of or also in our lives is that we don't also let go of the things and the people and the situations that are not serving us and we continue to go into these victimhoods or to these um, constantly like struggles and like we think that life is all about struggling and kind of like I just go back to like my old life, if I can call it that, like the more you work, the more you you push, the harder, like the hours do you work. And like, yes, I got up at five. Well, I got up at four. Well, I stayed till two o'clock in the night working. Like it's all this competition. And like, where is our status symbol? Like if I ask a person, like, what does success look like for you? And if you think about like, for me, success is to live a life like on purpose and with peace and love and joy in my heart then I am a very successful person in my opinion and but like for most people it is about like whether it's a house or a job or whatever it is and and that is kind of where the animals are so phenomenal in managing to be present in the moment and just like this is what is needed and this is what makes harmony. And yes, we, like we humans, we don't always know what the bigger picture is, but we need to have faith and trust that whatever is happening is also for a reason, even though we don't see it at the moment. Yes. Thank you, Catherine. You know, I've been doing this kind of stuff for a long time. And what I so appreciate about this conversation with you is that you um, have put it all into perspective and have shown us the enormity of the consciousness of these animals, that they're not just these little furry beings walking around on the earth, but there's an enormous um, uh, wisdom that they impart and, and tremendous love. And I, I really appreciate your perspective on that. So thank you very much. And thank you to all of our listeners for joining us on this episode of Animals and Us, Voices of a New Paradigm. To view the show notes for today's episode, you can go to animalsanduspodcast.com. That's our website. And you can also find us by that name on Instagram and Facebook. And before you leave, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can receive new episodes right away when they're released. And if you've enjoyed our podcast, we'd love it if you could leave us a review on your app. 
And before we go today, we'd like to share a short blessing for the animals. We'd like to end this podcast by taking just a moment to be quiet. And we give thanks and blessings to these amazing animals that we share our lives with. They give us so much and ask for so little in return. We hope that you can keep the animals and all living beings in your heart and in your mind as you go about your day. Thank you so much for being here with us today.